All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badge, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks on This. This episode 149. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. <laughs> Each week on the Geeks on This podcast, we catch up on our pop culture lives and we bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book called Gaming World. Mm-hmm. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We'd also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Sorry, did I throw you off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you. All right, on this week's Geek of the Week, um, I'll let Judgment go first this week. Well, you went first last week as well, but I'll let you go first again. I'm, I'm, me, me, me first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Fine. Okay, mine's easy. Uh, so I've been, I, I signed up for like a 99 cents, three-month Kindle Unlimited subscription. And for a while, I hadn't been like really reading it. And then... I think it was like Sunday. I was like, you know what? I just, I don't know. I don't have any new book, like new physical books to read. Like, let me see what I can find on Kindle Unlimited. In a week, I've already read two books. <laughs> I thought you told me you don't have any time. Huh? <laughs> I, said, I thought this is a girl who doesn't have any time. I know, but it's also been like, I have not been going to sleep until like two o'clock in the morning because like I'm still reading on my couch. Um, it's It's been really bad. Like I've been late to work twice this week. Anyway, um, so I've just like been enjoying the Kindle Unlimited subscription this this past week. Uh, like like I said, I read two books, but I'm in the middle of this series of seven books that are like connected but not connected. There it's like a a shared universe of, but they're like novellas, so they're not as long as a real novel. Um, but it's like that super quick digestible stuff. Um, but yeah, so and then I found like a whole bunch of manga that's available on um Kindle Unlimited. So like my wish list on my Kindle is now absurd. So <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely going to be spending a lot more time uh on this Kindle for a little bit. So next week it's probably uh my geek of the week is probably going to be something specific from Kindle Unlimited. Um yeah, so uh I I've never done Kindle Unlimited, but I do have a Kindle uh, I don't realize you had a Kindle. Um, I don't. I I have the desktop app on my computer, so I read <coughs> the computer, but I also have Kindle, the Kindle app on my phone. So I have a Kindle. Nice. It's not I, I was gonna get ready. myself one for Christmas, and then I was like, oh, I don't really think I read that much, but um, I'm definitely going to get myself because I think I'm gonna keep the subscription like after my 99 cents is up. <laughs> I bought I bought this like ten years ago, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah. I've only used it a handful of times, but I do quite like it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like the fact that this is so thin. Um, yeah. Well, um, I'm. I mean, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to be traveling some this year, so it would be nice to have. Because usually I like take a book when I travel, but it would be nice to have more than one book. So I would rather have. A that's why I got this. Pack a bunch that's of why books. I got this because I would like go on holiday. 
and chuck like two books in my bag or something and mm -hmm. your suitcase is already full and i'm like oh. then the annoying thing is if you actually go through the books you're like oh that's it now i'm done right now i gotta and take it back with me the only thing i don't like this is quite an old kindle now the only thing i don't like about this is there's no back on it um oh. and i would like to get the rid new of ones have that i think yeah yeah i would like to get one with the back light yeah so, you have to uh, wait until they do um prime day when amazon puts all their own shit on sale because they had it on sale for like black friday but so I'm going to wait probably and get a Kindle in July when they do the next prime day, because then it'll be like 60 bucks instead of a hundred bucks. Yeah. I'd like to, yeah, yeah. I don't know when I'll ever use it, but no, I, I, I think a Kindle is quite nice. I've read a few books on it. Um, I think it's, it's nice to sort of stick in your pocket. And the other thing is with the Kindle, if you do forget it and you've got your smartphone, the Kindle app is quite cool. Like to yeah. click between the two. And the other thing, which is cool, um, I used to for a while have an audible subscription. Oh. If you had the ebook and the audiobook, and say you're driving, like they've got something, I can't remember what it it's syncs. called. Yeah, like some sync thing. So That's say if cool. you like, so say if you listen to like the whole of chapter two in the car, and then you get home and you pick up your Kindle, it should be then on chapter three, like if you finish chapter two, I mean. Yeah. So that's that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's really so, cool. Yeah. So um, for a period of time, I, I had an audiobook subscription. I've got way more audiobooks than I've actually listened to. So, But yeah, anyway, I was jumping on your geek of the week there. So I don't like audiobooks. I have tried them. I like podcasts, which is very odd to me. Like, like, like I listen to podcasts podcast. all the time. But I don't enjoy the audiobook experience. Don't know why. Oh, um, I think now I listen to quite a few audiobooks. I love the, um, oh, oh, there's an audiobook I listened to years ago, and it's the first of a trilogy, which was really annoying because they didn't put the other two on Audible, and the first one was called. I want to say it was like called e I can't remember the name of it now. It's called like Eden or Children of Eden or something. I can't remember. Mm. It was one of these post-apocalyptic young adult ones. It's quite a while yeah. ago now. And then, then there was two more that they made. For some reason, they put the Audible on some other platform rather than Amazon's Audible. Uh, that's annoying. Uh, and I was like, I know. And I, so I, I didn't want to go and read the books then because I actually loved the actress who did the voice. Oh, um, okay. So, but yeah, anyway, I, I jumped to yours, but no, I can understand loving it because I actually do think the Kindle is quite a cool gadget. And yeah, I mean, because I, I, can... I keep my, uh, like, after a certain time, my phone switches to black and white mode. And so, like, when I'm reading, like, I don't even notice the time change because nothing on the screen changes when it goes to black and white. So, yeah, it's been, I've, I've, I've trying, like, last night I got in bed, I, like, 11 p.m. and I was like I'm, I'm only going to read one chapter I read three chapters and then it was like 12 40 and I was like I should yeah. really get to bed because I have to get up and go to work in the morning <laughs> I do know I think I would use it more if I was a commuter like a commuter on a train so yeah that's probably why I'd use it more if I had one if only yeah. we had good public transportation here <laughs> in, in New York later you maybe should relocate yeah, well, I would definitely need like five times the salary that I have now in order to move to New York. Um, anyway, um, I will tell you about my geek of the week. Uh, so 
I, I did debate it which one to go with uh, and, and Jasmine steered me towards the one I was probably more pumped for rather than one that was more weirded out by. Uh, so uh, I watched the first season of Cruel Summer, which came out, uh, what was it, 2021? I watched it all within like oh, wow, two, that days, long ago? two days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I realised I watched the first 10 minutes of the episode when it came out uh, and then I got distracted, put it down, whatever. And I was really intrigued by um, not just, well, the characters, obviously, but the, the style of what they did. So they showed, in the first episode, they showed the same girl getting up in the morning in the first five minutes. But the show is set, so just to play, set the scene here, the entire of season one, uh, which is an anthology, by the way, so season two is a completely different cast, different characters, so the whole of season one is set across three different years in the 90s. I can't, yeah. remember the year, I can't remember what the years were, but it was like 93, 94, 95, something like that. And what I loved in the beginning, the first five minutes, you see the same girl, which um, is a character, Jeanette, uh, played by, actually someone's name I can't pronounce. Um, you see her wake up in like 93, the 94, the 95. But 93, her mum and dad come in, her brother with a cake and a candle and, oh, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. and she's got braces on and she's like a bit of a geek and, and it's all like really happy family, it's nice. And then suddenly it jumps to the next year and you see that she's looking a bit cooler, she's waking up, she's got no braces on. Then this like, sort of handsome guy wakes her up, sitting on the end of her bed, going out, and he's like, had to rest wrestle your dad to come upstairs, you know, break your family tradition. It's all quite nice, whatever. And he's like, I'll see you tonight. Uh, whatever, walks off. And then the third year, the the style of the cinematography and everything, and it, it's all like sort of great grayed out a little bit. And it's colour, but it's a much darker tone. She wakes up. She's got like, suddenly where she had all long hair, she's all got her hair cut short. It's like, like not even like a bob bob. It's more like, Present style, uh, and she, like got, she's all gothy and wakes up in bed, and then her dad walks in. I don't know, like in his dressing gown, all unkept, and he goes, "Jeanette, your lawyer's here," and she's like, "Which one?" And he's like, "Blah blah blah, whatever." And you're like, "What? What has happened between the girl woke up with braces to your lawyer's here?" And and it was a, and obviously throughout season one. You find out the tale of of, of what happened, and mm-hmm. um, and there's so there's two characters, two main characters. You've got Jeanette, and the other character is called Kate, who's played by Olivia Holt, who I don't know if you remember from Cloak and Dagger, and I know she was in a load of other Disney stuff, but I don't have seen her in. Um, and they're kind of the rivals of the whole show, and it's all built around. Olivia's character Kate gets or goes missing. And then it turns out that she was kidnapped by um, somebody in the show. Uh, and it happens over those periods. So in the first year, you see her around. However, in the second year, you, you see that she's back. And, and it's between year one and two that she gets taken. And then in year three, they're dealing with a court case. So Olivia's character claims 
that Jeanette knew who kidnapped her and knew that she was kidnapped, but kept quiet about it. And that was, and then so Jeanette sues Kate's character for defamation and sort of future loss of earnings and all this kind of stuff because you know she's like now I'm unemployable, no you know, for future no one's gonna go near me because you know you're telling everyone I'm the girl that knew that you were were kidnapped by a pedophile and I kept shut about it. And there's so many twists and turns throughout the whole thing. And then you kind of at the end it does get wrapped up. And one of the things that I really loved, I mean, it was, it, I loved all of it. Like, I loved the style, I loved the time jumps, I loved the fact that, you know, each episode was, was <clears> set <throat> on the same day, but on a different year, and it would show you what happened on, on that day across mm-hmm. the three years. And at the end, it's all wrapped up and, you know, a pretty bow. And then the final moment, it suddenly jumps back. Like, so say it was like 1995, the final moment, it jumps back to like 1993. And then it reveals like a twist and it ends. And I was like, no, I was like, hey, like <laughs> I was like such a good twist. And there was something that none of us like knew. And I was like, that's, that, that was cool. I thought that was cool. I, um, so, um, yeah, so I thought it was a really good show. Um, like I say, it's anthology season two. Again, it's a mystery. I've not watched season two. Um, it's in a different part of the country, different characters. Maybe I'll watch, I don't know, but I, I did honestly love the mystery and yeah, the, the, um, the twists and turns, and, as, well as, yeah, as well as the characters and stuff like that. But yeah, so I know you're probably unlikely to ever watch it, but any thoughts on what I said? Um, that does not sound like it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, I know you like twists and turns, though. So I mean, uh, I do, but uh, yeah, we were we were chit chatting before we started recording. I just oh yeah, yeah, TV wise. Yeah, yeah, I'm not no. into I'm not into long form TV at the moment. Oh, it's well, it's twelve. Is it twelve? I think it's twelve. It's either ten or twelve. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. Um, like, I I have been watching four different K drama series on Netflix, but it's like. Oh, the K dramas are like an hour and fifteen minutes long every episode, and it's just like it's taking me forever. Like it just it takes me so long to get through a season. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I'll be honest. I, my my TV viewing habits have severely changed, and it takes me a lot to want to watch a, a TV show. But when it's when it hooks me in, I tell you what, anything with a mystery, like a good mystery, not yeah, like yeah. a crappy mystery, like if it's I, but I love the fact that there was this huge change between like 93 and 95. And yeah. then obviously in the middle, you get to see the ramifications in the middle. And I was like, what is going on? Like, honestly. Uh, and the whole mystery setup of did she know, did she not know? And even the kidnapping itself had mystery around it. And, you, and so I think it was episode nine. That whole episode was just around the kidnapping and what happened. And they spend the whole episode just dedicated to that. And, and um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. So, I mean, obviously not good to be kidnapped or whatever, but <laughs> it, it was, the mystery element was was really intriguing and it, and it had me addicted. So, yeah. anyway, enough of our Geek to the Week. Geek to the Week, Geek of the Week. We will now move into our main event, which 
Jasmine is, is dying to... Who would have thought, Jasmine, that we'd cover this uh, on Geeks and Niche? Well, I mean, I am just going to be real upfront here, Mark. <clears throat> Excuse me. If, if I am not satisfied <laughs> with your review of Mortal Kombat, I am going to be looking for a new co-host. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so Mortal Kombat 1995, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Why did they do that? Just Paul Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, screenplay and story by Kevin Dronick. Dronick? Dronick? Uh, anyway, uh, it's based on Mortal Kombat, the video game by Midway. And it stars Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, Carrie Haruyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung, Robin Shu as Liu Kang, Brigitte Wilson Sampras as Sonya Blade, Tobisa Soto as Katana, Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, uh, Chris Casamasa as Scorpion, Francois Petit as Sub-Zero, and Keith Cook as Reptile. Also, Mortal Kombat. First time we got this game from Midway, 1992. Uh, it was an arcade game, just like our show or our film last week, Street Fighter. Um, but Mortal Kombat came out five years after Street Fighter. I think Street Fighter started in 87. So Street Fighter got a bit of a jump, but um, Mortal Kombat was right on its heels. So 1992 was the first arcade game for Mortal Kombat. The release date was 18th of August, 1995. Running time of 101 minutes with a budget of 20 million and a box office return of 122.2 million US dollars. So it did a lot better than Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a a year followed on from Street Fighter Mm -hmm. and um, they made a lot more money, hence why they got a sequel. But how was that sequel? I already looked that up. That sequel didn't do that well. So, um, in regards, before you move on, actually, I texted Jasmine when I was watching this going, I can't believe. Well, I didn't name him, but Lyndon Ashby. <laughs> like the guy, the guy who plays Stars' dad from Team Wolf was Johnny Cage. I was like, no, you're just so behind the times because now anytime I see Lyndon Ashby in anything else, my first thought is, oh my god, it's Johnny Cage. <laughs> I was like, it's Stars' dad. Well, I, 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 <laughs> uh, obviously, I knew other people in this film. Um, obviously, Christopher Lambert specifically. <clears throat> Uh, however, there were faces I recognized, but I was like, Team Wolf's dad is in this. <laughs> so, uh, I know, t- by the way, I know Team Wolf is terrible. I've never ever claimed it's a good show. It, I know it's an awful, awful no, I just, show. I like to tease you for your taste in CW oh, yeah. style television, Mark. Oh, yeah, you texted me going CW. I was like, MTV, actually. And you're like, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> they don't make that kind of television anymore. Yeah, they don't really make much of anything anymore, unfortunately. Well, it's weird. It's weird to think that MTV was a music channel and now they make shows about pregnant and sixteen or something or other. I know whatever. all that reality stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Anyway, you got something right. to tell me. My favorite part of every episode: fun facts. First of all, we had so much drama um, with Street Fighter on set, and I looked and looked and looked, and drama. this Mortal Kombat film was essentially drama free and there were very few injuries for as much action sequences as they had on in in the film so first fun fact which to this day like this theme song is still my ringtone like this film like 30 almost 30 years later like this is still the ringtone on my phone 
um, the producers, when, when they were getting ready to do the soundtrack, the producers shopped their idea to so many labels. And the two biggest ones that turned them down were Sony and Virgin because Sony and Virgin were like, we're not going to do a soundtrack for this film unless we can get some popular artists on it. Like they had people like Janet Jackson in mind. Cause it was like the mid nineties and Janet was still real big back then. And the producers were like, no, this is electronica. Like we're not, we're not doing pop stars. And so finally they found this teeny, 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 tiny label. Um, they did it their way. They got to do their whole EDM soundtrack. And this soundtrack was the first ever EDM album to go platinum. So the Mortal Kombat soundtrack from 1995 was the first EDM album that ever made it platinum. Plenty have done it since, but this was the very first one to do it. Um, I thought that was super interesting because the music to me, it like takes me back. And again, not even kidding, literally my ringtone right now. Um, fun fact number two. So this film came out in August, as Mark said, but it originally had a May release date. However, when they tested this film for audiences, they liked it. They liked it just fine. But the complaint from all of the audience, like all the test audiences was there aren't enough fight sequences, which I guess makes sense. It's a fighting game. Like there just aren't enough fights in the movie. And so they went back and they did extensive reshoots and Robin Shu, who plays Liu Kang was the stunt choreographer for all of the reshoots <clears throat> at the time he was really big in like Hong Kong cinema and he had been doing stunt choreography and stunt coordination in Hong Kong films and so he did all of the choreography all the stunt work all of these things two fights that so they extended the fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion they did that during reshoots um also during that fight Chris <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. It's terrible. Chris Casamasa kicked Lyndon Ashby so hard, even though Lyndon Ashby was wearing padding, kicked him so hard that it bruised his kidney and he was peeing blood for oh. several days. Um, so that was one of one of the major injuries that they had on set. But the fight that they added, a completely new fight that they added to this film was the fight between Liu Kang and Reptile near the end of the film. That was not in the original script. They added that during the reshoots when the test audiences complained about not enough fighting. Um, and another super interesting thing, I did not know this. So Robin Shu, when he was doing all of the stunt choreography and all of those things, he did a lot of, <coughs> hey now, sorry. hey now, watch it. I'm in the middle of fun facts, sir. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. should have hit me if it wasn't quick enough. <laughs> So he had been doing this a lot in the Hong Kong cinema stuff that he was doing. It was wire work. And everybody at the time was like, this seems really excessive, yada, yada, yada. But the same type of wire work that he was doing in Mortal Kombat, guess what movie made wire work famous? The Matrix. Uh, I don't know, who, I was just literally about to say The Matrix. Who did it first? Mortal Kombat did it first. Uh. No. A lot of the stuff that they picked up from behind the scenes and all of the stunt work, the the people from the Matrix picked it up from Mortal Kombat. I thought that was really fascinating. All right, my favorite part, casting. Okay, any guesses as to who else might have played some of these characters? Let's start with Sonya uh, Blade. I, mean, I did see your notes unfortunately for this one. <laughs> I already know it's Cameron Diaz. Yes, which I didn't know. Like she had already been cast. 
And she was already doing pre-work or prep work for the film, for production. She broke her wrist during the pre-work for the film. And so Bridget had already auditioned. She auditioned several times for the role of Sonya Blade. But because the audition process was taking so long, she was like, screw you guys. I'm going to go do Billy Madison. So she went and she did Billy Madison. But because Cameron Diaz got injured, um, by the time Billy Madison was done filming, the producers for Mortal Kombat were like, hey, Bridget, why don't you just come back and go ahead and you can be Sonya. And so that's how uh, Bridget Wilson wound up in the role of Sonya. Also, another injury on set. She refused to let them use a stunt double for her. So she did all of her own stunts, which is kind of apparent because she's not very good. Anyway, she did all of her own stunts. Um, and at one point she dislocated her shoulder. <laughs> like, I thought this was kind of like ghetto. They just put her shoulder back into place on set, gave her like a break, and then they got back to work. And I was just like, yeah. is that, that does not seem normal. Like, <laughs> shouldn't she have seen like a doctor or something? Like, no, no. She dislocated her shoulder. They put it back. They kept filming. Um, so the character who, or the actor who plays Scorpion, uh, Chris Casamasa, he originally auditioned to just be one of those like face covered goons that mm-hmm. are a million and a half of them as extras in this movie. He was so good during his audition to be a no name, no credit person that they were like, nah, bro, we need to put you somewhere else. So because he was so good, they gave him the role of Scorpion. Um, Francois Petit, who plays Sub-Zero. Now, I thought this was really cool, too. So Francois Petit, he had been involved in the production of Mortal Kombat for a long time. Like, he's also like the highest ranking martial artist on the entire set so he was like grandmaster above everyone else and they kept trying to cast someone to be sub-zero but they couldn't find anyone that fit the bill so the closer they got to filming like the start of filming and they still hadn't cast the role they asked francois to step in and to play sub-zero so technically sub-zero is the best fighter in the film like best actor fighter in the film which i always because that was a huge debate with me and my friends like when we first saw this film we would argue for hours hours over who was better scorpion or sub-zero um but apparently the the true answer is (laughs) sub-zero like you just had far far better martial arts skills um okay and so last week in the fun facts we'd mentioned that jean-claude van damme had been approached to play johnny cage in this movie but he turned it down because he took the role of Guile in Street Fighter. Well, there is an unconfirmed rumor that the game developers at Midway actually based Johnny Cage off of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like when they were creating the character for the game, Jean-Claude Van Damme was their their ideal version of Johnny Cage. And it was like, that never occurred to me. But when I read it, I was like, I can see it. <laughs> I can definitely see how Johnny Cage is based off of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, I get it. I can I can see the resemblance there. Um, And at the time, Christopher Lambert was the highest paid cast member in this film. Um, But because his salary was so high, they only had him for a couple of weeks. So they filmed all of his close-ups as fast as they could 
And then any other time you see Raiden and he's got like the wig and the hat on, it's a body double. It's it's not actually Christopher Lambert because he they only had him for a limited amount of time. And they filmed a lot of it in Thailand, same way like they filmed uh, Street Fighter. Um, so um, that, that's all I got for fun facts. But it made me really happy to see that there was not as much drama on set. Like people didn't hate each other. Everybody got along just fine. Nobody was an asshole. There's no cocaine problems this time around. <laughs> uh, I always find that funny, you know, you just said about editing Christopher Lambert's, sorry, filming all the Christopher Lambert's parts first. I always find that funny with any kind of movie television where, say, the ending could have been filmed before they'd even yep. done the middle of the film. And yeah. I, I, I always just find that so weird, like, from an actor and actress's point of view, to go and film the end before they've even done any of the stuff that got them there. Right. So you sort of, you know, at the end, they're a bit of a team and <clears throat> all jump into their sort of Power Rangers mode. Yeah. Uh, when that when that weird creature thing's coming out of the, the, the mountain. Uh, and and, uh, and so to think that Christopher Lambert filmed that, and then they had to then go back and do all those fight sequences and, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I just it's just crazy to me the world of editing and filming that yeah. they can go go ahead and film things out of order, but then somebody's got to sit in an editing room and then piece it together. Yep. So, but I mean, it's all it's all about how they can save the most money and the most time. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, there was one thing I forgot to mention. So Goro, totally animatronic complete there was no guy in a suit there was none of that it was not cgi they actually built a machine to play goro it had to have anywhere between 13 to 16 operators at all times but the thing was so clunky that they had to redesign the set because goro's like original fight set was set around water like it was in a lake or something like that and they were so scared that the animatronic would fall into the water and short circuit that they were like, Nope, we got to redesign the whole set. Like, <sighs> so they redesigned the Goro set where he fights so that there was no water. <laughs> so that if the animatronic fell over, it didn't just like explode. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. That's cool. Actually. To me. I didn't realize that I was yeah. confused. I thought it was like really bad CGI. So. No, it was not. It was animatronic. <sighs> okay. So, before we jump into any of our thoughts or feelings on this movie, we shout out the IMD summary, which sometimes is great, sometimes not so great, sometimes very vague. And yeah. for this one, three unknowing martial artists are summoned to a mysterious island to compete in a tournament whose outside whose outcome will decide the fate of the world. I mean that, that is bad, it. but it's vague. I mean that that is all true. So. Yes. They do. It could have. It could have gone on. It could have. It could have been a little bit cleverer in the summary. It could have said something around more combat. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know what they could have said something like that. So um, now there's a game I believe that this is based off of, and I believe there's believe. something like twelve of them. I don't know. I don't, yeah. How many games are there? It's a uh, bunch. The uh, most recent game actually came out, it, same as Street Fighter, September of 2023. So very recent Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is still very huge. It has tournaments and crossover. Like Mortal Kombat is still a very big deal, as evidenced by the movie that we got a couple of years ago as well. Like it's still a very, very popular franchise. So I assume that you have played this game. I did. And uh, like... Uh, just 
Do you, from playing the game, when when did you first play it? Or do you remember or where? where it was I mean, in the 90s. Like, so the first game was an arcade game. Um, and I think that was as kids where we got the differentiation in the first place between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat was going to the arcade to play on the boxes. Mm-hmm. But it eventually made its way to Super NES. Um, and so that's where I learned to really get good at it. So I played the first Mortal Kombat that made it to Super NES. Um, and I got it after I got Street Fighter. So it was like Street Fighter was my go-to game. And then when I got Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat became my go-to game. I'm pretty sure they had uh, Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive. Um... It did eventually hit um, uh, pretty much all the consoles. Um, but I think that didn't happen until closer to when the film came out. A lot of the other consoles, a, a lot of the other game versions came out around 94, 95. Um, did you ever I, play it? I just looked it up. There was a Mega Drive version. And the only reason why I say that is because I'm pretty sure I paid, played it on a Mega Drive. So we were a Sega household, never had a Nintendo. We were, we were, we started with the Mega Drive, um, Sega Saturn. No, 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 we didn't have the Saturn. We had the Mega Drive for ages. Then we went to the Dreamcast before I eventually moved to PlayStation. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, that Nintendo Switch behind me is the first time I've ever owned a Nintendo console. Ah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have played more combat the game. And I do remember playing it in the 90s. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if we had it on the Mega Drive or whether we borrowed it or rented it a lot. I don't think we have, I don't remember ever owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, did play in the arcades as well. Uh, I did have even back then. I had a favorite character. I was quite taken back in the in the nineties. I think by how brutal it was, like the whole finish him and yeah. Uh, and then suddenly there's like there, the, fatalities. Know, the, the fatalities. Oh my god, or, love or the they, fatalities. Where they throw them up in the air and then they come down the ground and like yeah. dead like dead skeleton. And now as the game has progressed, they got more. Oh uh, yeah, they're so violent so, now. So I remember playing the first few. I don't remember specifically which ones. Uh, I remember Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter were the two big fighting games at the time. I think at the time I preferred the uh, Street Fighter game. Uh, and then later on I preferred, especially the Street Fighter versus X-Men games that used to come out. I don't, did you ever play those? No. I still because like once, once Mortal Kombat hit my radar, I never went back to Street Fighter. Well, I used to love things like Cyclops coming in and being able to fight Gaiu and stuff like that. I thought it's cool. So, but I did. I did play the um, the Mortal Kombat games. I used to love them. My favorite character. Um, I, I, there was a lot I liked. To be honest, I liked um, Scorpion and Sub Zero. Clearly, I loved Raiden. Raiden. So I would say the three of those. But Sub Zero would be like my go-to. I'd always go for Sub Zero. Rarely ever played a Sub Zero. I used to just love like his name, his outfit, and. I, just, I don't know the power of ice. I used to think it was like really cool. So <laughs> I would go. I used to, but then if I didn't go for him, I would go for some, uh, go for Raiden. I used to love his his uh, sort of well, his like monk type outfit and the fact that he would shoot lightning and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's my favorite. What do you have a Scorpion. favorite character from the, my favorite? I thought it would be Scorpion. I because I loved his. I loved the the grabby thing, like shooting it mm. out, and grabbing people. Oh my god. My friends hated playing with me because I got so good at playing Scorpion and they were like, can't you play anyone else? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. That's, that's like when I play Mario Kart, I always choose Link. And yeah. like my family are like, can you just choose someone else? Nope. I'm like, yeah, but I, and they're like, yeah, but you don't always win with Link. I was like, yeah, but I like Link. 
Yeah, uh, this is this is my guy. Like this is <laughs> who I'm going with. <laughs> I the last couple of times I have changed it up and played as Yoshi or something, but uh, but ninety five percent I'll go with Link. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I like I said I've never owned it. I don't believe I've ever owned more from that. But I've, yeah, I've played it over the years, and I'd be open to playing it now. So. The the new like gen that. Mortal Kombat's are ridiculously hard. <laughs> it's it's just I guess like because I didn't keep playing fighter fighting games, so my I don't know hand eye coordination is not on par. And like the new gen fighting games are just so fast. They're too they move too fast for me. Maybe it's just like me in my old age, but like I cannot keep up with the new gen fight games anymore. I just looked it up actually. So more combat. I live on uh, on sale. That must be the latest one on video games. And wow, the graphics look amazing. Yeah, I would be uh, open to playing that and owning it. I think that would be quite. If cool. you had Xbox, they usually do like oh. uh, some version of Mortal Kombat on uh, what do you call it? Game Pass. So if you had oh, okay. Game Pass, you could download it and then play against other people. But like I said, like I just I didn't keep up with fighting games and I am no good now. Like I can't I never get past anybody <laughs> in a fighting I, game anymore. I, I am unfortunately do not have an Xbox, so um, I have a PlayStation and a Switch. They I, might have it in the PlayStation store too. I just looked it up, they do have more combat on the Switch. So oh. I'm sure they have it on the PlayStation, but anyway, um overall thoughts on this movie you go first come on because like i said if i need to find a new co-host i need to know ahead of time (laughs) so do you know what when i watched this i don't know for ages i've said to you i don't remember i've never watched this movie and when i watched this movie uh when it ended i was like no i actually have seen this movie i remember now i have seen it um but i just couldn't remember that i watched it i must have watched it when it first came out i don't believe i don't remember going to the cinema to see it so i must have watched it on television but you know the very bit at the end where the four or five of them, including Raiden, sort of do their parrying yeah. stance when that beast comes up. That specifically, I remember that scene. The moment it happened, I was like, ah, oh, I remember this. Well, um, it also is the opening scene to Annihilation. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think I definitely don't think I've seen Annihilation. So um anyway, when that happened, I said, like, No, I remember this. And there's a few bits through the movie were ringing a bell to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god. I kept the thought, maybe I just walked in and out of somebody else watching it. And then when the end happened, I was like, no, I must have watched it. So um, anyway, uh, I uh, I put it on uh, and I pressed play. And the moment I pressed play, like the new line or whatever it was, the, the, the logo has come up on the screen. And obviously they shout out the words, Mortal Kombat, and that EDM music kicks in. I was like... Yeah, I quite like this. I, I, I'm not. Well, that's a pretty good start. I was pretty impressed. I thought that was pretty strong. I mean, nothing to do with the acting or or or, or lack of acting or uh, or plot line or any, anything like that. I was like, it's a pretty pretty bold start to a film. I love the fact that it was like, oh god, and then and then the music kicks in, <clears> which I can't even attempt to try and imitate like, with my mouth. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'll, I'll, be honest with my, I, I, I'll be honest with you, my overall thoughts of this movie is this is a lot better than the last movie that we watched, yes. Street Fighter. Street Fighter was just absolute mess. It was just, there was no plot. There was just, how can we throw in as many characters as possible? 
whilst pandering to you know a drug addict's wishes <laughs> and, and, and so like it was just it was just a chaos movie and I was thinking about Street Fighter the one good thing to come out of it was actually because I remember you said oh don't tell me last week don't tell me you wish it never been made and I was reflecting on those words and I thought actually no like I did say no but I thought even more no to have a film where Kylie Minogue played a, a Street Fighter character you can't say no to that so Anyway, to come to this movie, whilst the plot and the acting is not the best and the plot is quite thin, it did to me feel like there was a good attempt of a movie here. Like, there, you know, three sort of random heroes from Earth have to go to a weird realm to fight in a tournament to stop these weird creatures coming to Earth. We've seen very similar things over the years, of let's course. be honest. And, um, and I don't think there. I don't think any of them are particularly strong actors. I mean, Christopher Lambert's probably the strongest, but they're all fairly B movie acting skills, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. And the plot is again quite straightforward slash weak. However, I didn't mind any of it. Like I was okay with a lot of the film. I I did think to myself, whilst you could argue on one hand this hasn't aged well. Now the graphics have I, definitely not aged well. I will give I, you that. But I thought whilst yeah, like the acting is quite poor in parts and cheesy. However, I just thought this kind of film, you know, you're not gonna go into it looking for yeah, you know, good fellas or a reservoir dog. Of or, course not. It's or, not winning yeah, any awards. Yeah, it's not yeah, <laughs> it's not winning any awards, you know. It's not um, I don't know, any of those I don't know, Oscar style films. This actually it's a more combat movie, uh, more combat action sort of kung fu set in another realm etc so you've got to go into this knowing the type of movie you're going to watch you would not get like my mom if i put my mom in front of this she would literally talk for the whole film and tell you how awful it is from the moment it starts the moment it finished however i sat down today and to, to be fair to fair to her i wanted to watch the whole thing from start to finish and i watched it all in one go didn't i, I mean maybe i paused it for a second but other than that i literally watched it from start to finish um i said to my family i want to Wash it properly and give it time it deserves. And actually, I walked out of there actually enjoying it. And I, I, I think watching Street Fighter last week definitely helped. So yes, because this is definitely a step up. Oh yeah, this is so much better. And I think, like I said, the, the stories are—it's yeah, it's a nothing. You know, it's three characters, three people come from Earth to find a realm, and there's no character development, etc. But it's fine. I don't think you really need any character development in this. Uh, actually, a lot of the time when they're having the, I can understand that feedback from the test audiences about the lack of fighting, because I was into it much more when the fighting kicked in, especially with the EDM music kicking in. Yes. And every time that kicked in, to me, I was watching this thinking, this just feels like the adult version of Power Rangers. Like there's, yeah. there's so much Power Rangerness about this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I got into it. I'll be honest. I, I was shocked myself because I've been saying to Jasmine for ages, I think this is going to be shit. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. And actually, I, walk, I walked out there thinking, I didn't, I didn't walk out there. I was watched it here. But um, when the movie ended, I was like, that was a lot better than I thought this was going to be when I went into it. And yeah. You know, okay, I'm, good news, guys. Mark can stay. <laughs> Mark, Mark can stay as a co host. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it, the only, the only thing I was sort of shocked about that Styles' dad was in it 
And that was the only thing I texted you, because as the movie went on, I was like, no, do you know what? I like this. This is actually very Power Rangers. Um, I, I know I keep saying that, but it is, it is very Power Rangers. So I've been to Power Rangers, the first one. Uh, was. I mean, I think, but I think that formula works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm definitely sure I saw this, but I don't really, I don't remember. But it, it, I know when I know I've seen it, but I can't really remember where or anything like that. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I specifically loved it when they, especially the three of them, when they all start fighting together and the EDM music's kicking in, and and uh, yeah, especially when they did, when the little chant kicks in, power, like more combat or whatever. Like, and I was like, this literally could be replaced with the words Power Rangers or something like that. And I, I was just into it. Yeah, I thought this, but they, they can't act for for you know for money really. <laughs> they are getting paid. But their acting is all atrocious. However, their their cheesiness their cheesiness was fine, and and yeah, they should have probably had even more fights if I'm honest. So and they should have made more use of that music because I thought when the music and the fighting was going on, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't mind the scenes in between. Um, but yeah, I am shocked. I I really <laughs> like have been dreading. Recording this podcast because in my head I swear I was like, I'm gonna flip. Like, if it, yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't I'm know how I'm gonna be friends with Mark ta- after this. I'm gonna flip tables and like, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like booking my ticket to England. I've got I've got Lucille ready to go. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so I I'm gonna show I, him my sonic boom. Like, I am very happy. Like you've made me very happy. I'm happy that. <laughs> You didn't think that it was absolute garbage. Uh, see, that's the thing. I gave it more, more, more. You know, high, I've given it higher praise so far than than you gave Masters of the Universe. Yes, well, uh. Masters of the Universe was terrible. Um, but it also seems like you have given this one a higher praise than you gave the remake or the. Do you know what? Reboot. Actually, do you know what? This, yeah, the remake. I remember crapping all over that, and it's made me reconsider watching that. Actually, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Well, we wouldn't review it again, but like, <laughs> it'd be pointless to do another episode. But anyway. Uh, so my thoughts on this movie, this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I, it definitely is in my top five, if not my number two. Um, that's how much I love this movie. <clears throat> so my introduction to this movie was back in 95. And like I said, me and my friends played the games. We loved the games. And after Street Fighter, we were all so looking forward to this movie. And I think we got everything we wanted. Like this movie really focused on fights. Like it really focused on those one-on-one battles with people. And I think, honestly, it's a fighting game. Like that's that's what you play it for. You, you play these kinds of games because you like those one-on-one battles. Um, and I think that's what this film does so much better than Street Fighter, where it's like, it's a fighting game and you actually get the fights in the movie and they're satisfying fights. They're satisfying because like the actors that are doing the work are actually martial artists. Um, so I loved this film in 95, this film, I remember distinctly wearing out two VHS tapes. Um, and then (laughs) like... But I was I was telling Mark, I was like, so when I rewatched it again for for this podcast, like I I quoted the movie the entire way through. Like I really feel that there, 
two movies I feel like three actually three movies I feel like I can do this with where if you push play I could talk my way through the entire film and Mortal Kombat is definitely one of those movies so I still love it I still remember everything I love the fight sequences um I, I like and watching it now like honestly it really is the CGI that gives it away and the hairstyles uh <laughs> but other than that like you don't know I just this movie is still really great to me. I still enjoy it just as much now as I did in 95. Um, so there's a lot of characters in here. However, the one thing this movie did differently to uh, the previous film that we watched, Street Fighter, was that Street Fighter ran every single person they could think of into the movie. Now, I don't know, because I'm not as big a Mortal Kombat fan as you, I don't know if everybody was in this film, but at least it was didn't feel over-rammed. Like, there was no, there were certain characters that got no development or very minimal screen time. <clears throat> so there's no development of Scorpion or Sub-Zero and, and stuff like that. And, and I don't, you didn't need it. So. In 95, you didn't need it. You didn't care. No, no. You just wanted to see them fight. But did you have a favourite? Um, in this film... My favorite character was Shang Tsung. Yeah, I can see like in between it was between him and um, there was it four or five leads really. So um, my favorite actor or character was Johnny Cage. Of course, <laughs> Lynn Lin Ashby <laughs> stepping it up from uh, Team Wolf. Um, so <laughs> I know he did this before, and I was so shocked to see like this skinny kind of you could see he was trying to be a bit like I don't know like a bit like Van Damme I guess he was trying to be not not as cool as Van Damme but you know he was trying to you could see Lyndon Ashby really thought he was going to be unfortunately didn't but like yeah. some sort of Brad Pitt-esque person but I, I thought he had a lot of charm he, and it made me realize he just can't act because he's playing the same character he in Team Wolf uh, oh, so. I mean, yeah but like that was the whole point of Johnny Cage too. Like yeah. he was just this over the top cheese ball. Yeah, no, he. I, I liked it all. I liked that he was the cheese ball, and I loved the fact that he um, is a fighter and, and and actually a team player. And yeah, no, I liked him. I liked the fact he was the one who was kind of like the Peter Parker, the, the wit and and the humor, and I thought he, I thought he handled it well. I, I liked it. You know, nothing yeah. more to say really. I mean, we don't know any more or less about Johnny Cage and before the film started or finished. And That's okay, though. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I, there's not really a lot I can say about him, but I just, <clears throat> I liked seeing him on the screen. I thought he was good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I picked Shang Tsung, Carrie Haruyukitagawa. <sighs> like, full, full disclosure, like, I had the biggest crush on him when I was a kid. Huge. Like, it was a huge crush. But I've always liked villains. And I thought he did his villain so well like his delivery of lines he was really menacing everybody was afraid of him but he carried like such presence when he was on screen um so he was definitely my favorite throughout throughout the movie so structure of the film i feel is really straightforward i mean like, it follows the games pretty closely it's like <clears throat> there's a tournament the fate of the world is at stake you have to win the tournament or earth dies you know, it was very much like this over-the-top, way out there kind of thing. This again, it's very Power Rangers. Like you can yeah. see, Power Rangers were probably influenced by these style of games and stuff like that. Um, 
But if you think about it, like Power Rangers is based on all of those kung fu movies from the seventies. Yeah. Like, Plus, well, maybe they all they're all in yeah. aren't they? Like Power Rangers probably yeah is based on that, and uh, it's probably based on things like this as well. Yep. They're never going to put their hands up and say, "By the way, we watched Mortal Kombat two over the weekend." We've yeah. just sorted out the next 10 episodes of Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, it probably is versions of Raiden and, and all the rest of it. In, oh, yeah. Yeah. Power Rangers, so. but, I mean, Power Rangers literally ripped off itself, though. I mean, it was a copy from an, they, they edited parts from another, yep. was it in China or somewhere? Japan. Yeah, Japan, yeah. So. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that the structure of the movie was actually really easy to follow. And mm. I know it wasn't, it was, it wasn't complex or complicated or anything like that. It was an easy it story. It was an easy story told yeah. in actually an easy way. Like and, uh, I say that because I just remember Robbie's joke about um, yeah, something like it's a straightforward story told in a complex way. This wasn't yeah. complex in any way, shape, or form. It was an easy story narrated. Yeah, it's not complicated. It's... Told in a, in a put in the a people really on the boat, put them in another dimension. They fight each other to the death. The end. That's it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Done. I, I wrote that. I could write that script for them. Yeah, my, but my I think that's that is the the people working on the film. To me, that means that they know their audience. Mm-hmm. They knew that this was based on a super super popular fighting game. Like no one gives a shit about the plot. Like nobody is going to Mortal Kombat, like you said, expecting Goodfellas <sighs> or anything yeah. on that caliber. Like I'm gonna go see a video game movie. I think in the nineties. Definitely in the nineties, that that was not people were not expecting to walk in and see, no. you know, Raiden sitting, I don't know, or, or standing at, no. I mean, someone's grave and like you know, then go, going on a vendetta and you know, you get to meet his childhood best friend. That's and, not and, what and, this like, movie is for. That's not what this franchise is for. <laughs> we're not um, in. No, no, definitely not. We so. want to see fights, and I think like the they they did the fights well because. We got subtle signature moves. We even got Scorpion's fatality where he like rips his face off and like burns the person to, that was my favorite fatality to perform. But like you get a lot of the video game elements in this film. And again, because they put their focus on stunt choreography, you actually get really great fights in this game. I loved, well, there's quite a few battles I loved to be honest, but um you have it well i love the Liu kang um oh, what's, how do you say his name shang shang Tsung. yeah yeah so i love that fight but because i could see how well put together that was mm-hmm. the the choreographer for that was just so good but the way I, I can't really describe it but the way they're sort of their fists and their legs and their kicks and i just thought wow man those guys are flexible i was like damn yeah. So Robin Chu did a lot of that choreography himself. Ah, so, so I, I love that. I love that fight scene, but it wasn't my favorite fight scene. But like that, I just I loved how it was choreographed together and just yeah. Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, you know, um, funny thing. So Paul W. S. Anderson also directed another one of my favorite movies, Event Horizon, which is phenomenal, one of the best horror movies ever. But this was the first time that Paul W. S. Anderson had directed anything that was that focused on fighting. And so like when they first started filming again, because they have hired all of these actual martial artists, like when they filmed the first fight sequence, it was not going well at all. And so Robin Shu actually went to the director and was like, look, man, this is not working because you're using long shots. Like 
that doesn't work in a fight sequence because your actors are going to get too tired and they're never going to be able to make it through the entire sequence. So he actually gave the director some tips to make the filming of the fight sequences A, better for the audience, but also B, better for the actors to perform them. So I thought that was pretty cool too. That's, yeah, I, I, like, I like the fact that you said that the test audience went back and said, there's not enough fighting in here. Because mm -hmm. I still think it could have been more fighting. Yes, definitely. Um, because everybody really wanted to see Scorpion and Sub Zero fight. Oh, that would have been a fight. They didn't know. But, you know, I just looked up, you know, um, Paul W.S. Anderson, director, he did a lot of... Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Uh, Death Race, Alien vs. Predator. Uh, oh, I like his style. I do. Because I enjoy all of those films. So, yeah, he, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Event Horizon. Soldier with <laughs> Kurt Russell. Uh, yeah, all the Resident Evils. Death Race, he did. Uh, some other films in there I haven't seen, but yeah. Um, apparently, he's got a project coming up, which I don't know what it is, but Into the Lost Lands. Yeah, so during this movie, I think my favorite, favorite fight was actually at the end, which was uh, Liu Kang versus Reptile, uh, where they go to that other dimension, which is all yeah. end of the Outworld. world, apocalyptic outworld. That's it. And he's fighting some weird little creature, throws it in someone's dead body. And then you see the dead body shift. And I was really thrown off. Like, I, I thought, is that a Sub-Zero? Because that looks like Sub-Zero. But he, he looks like he's green. So I had to look it up, I'll be honest. But I thought that was a really cool fight. I really enjoyed it. And see, yeah. I remember when we saw that in theaters, we were all like freaking out because Reptile is not in the first game. Reptile was a character from the second game. So then we all got <laughs> super excited. We were like, oh my God, are they making a sequel? And then the sequel was absolute trash. <laughs> I think this game is mostly based off the second game. Do what? what? I, read. I think this film was mainly based off the second game. From what I read. No, I thought Street Fighter was based off of Street Fighter 2. This one is pretty closely based off the first game. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I thought that's all about this second one, but anyway. Any favorite fight scenes? Let's see. I always like, I always go back and forth. Like, I really want to say my favorite fight scene is Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Um, but I also, and like, it wasn't even a fight sequence, but like when we first meet Sub-Zero and that one guy is like oh, yeah. all of these moves oh, and all of this stuff and like Sub-Zero gets him in like one shot and it's just oh, like- I love that. Yeah, like that. that to me set the tone for the rest of the film so i really love like sub-zero's introduction to everything and just oh, to show like how much of a badass he is you see so many people do that like in movies so they're like flexing their muscles twisting it yeah. yeah like you know do yeah. it on the spot you're like one move punch yes it. one hit like, like, <laughs> yeah uh do you know the other fight i loved was the three of them so um johnny cage and um sonya blade and uh, his name Liu Kang and uh, the three of them are fighting all the random goons oh, yeah. and then Raiden steps in and goes oh, well all those guys there's like yeah. 70, 70 100 of them yeah. I love that the three of them when it kicked in because the music kicked in as well yep and for a split second split second I thought this feels very Blade yeah so, uh, there was, there are, I know Blade came later but this was very but there are a lot of lot of very similar elements I would agree I also think like 
this movie, Mortal Kombat and Blade, are two of the films that helped push me into EDM the way that I am now. Like 20 years later, 30 years later, like I am still very into EDM. Like that's probably what I listen to more than anything else. Um, but I definitely always get soundtrack. Give us the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. I mean, I told you it's my ringtone. So like <laughs> I oh, know, yeah, I know, but that's like some rings you would. You ever like to put your headphones in your ears and just look, get your head down, listen to more combat as you work? No, you can't because, like, when <laughs> the soundtrack comes on, it's like it gets you hype. <laughs> like, it's not the kind of soundtrack where you're like, I'm sitting on the couch reading a book. Like, no, no, like, no, I mean, like, if you're at work, like, put your headphones in your ears or you're not allowed to do that. Oh, I mean, I could, but no, I usually listen to. I've got this deadline to go. That's it. More combat time. All right. Next time I have Jasmine. a deadline, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put Jasmine, up a little comment. Jasmine, you got to get this project in by close of business. No problem. <laughs> I will finish this. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. They were like, what is going on over there? <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious. I do. I do. I can't. During the movie, during the movie, I would agree. The plot is. It's, it's straightforward. It's, it's, yeah, it's not elaborate. It doesn't need to be yeah. elaborate. Like, but they yeah, like, but they don't make it complicated. Like with Street yeah. Fighter, it was like, oh, there's this country oh, and there's a dictator and then like hostages and it's like this is not James Bond. Like no one cares. Street Fighter was trying to be bigger and and, and yeah, and just it was unnecessary. They should have kept Street Fighter to what they kept more combat a fighting game. It's a fighting film, game. Film, film. So, fighting film yeah. inspired by a fight game. Yeah, and that was their mistake. Like Jean Claude Van Damme was the only martial artist on set for Street Fighter, whereas with Mortal Kombat, literally everybody could fight. Mm-hmm. So, so during this movie, which I believe you you love thoroughly, how was anything may have changed? Okay, little things like at the very beginning when they get to the tournament and they're all sitting around these giant tables having this feast. And then these goons come in and flip over the tables and they're just like stepping on all of this delicious looking food. I'm like, that's a fucking waste. <laughs> it's such a waste of food. That's one thing. That Especially right me. now, the cost of living. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so even as a kid, though, that bothered me. I don't know. Like, I know it's silly, but like that always bothered me. I was like, I feel like there was a better way they all could have done this. Like, this is just it's such a waste. So that scene, I never really liked. Um and I, I wish they had done something different with Goro. Now, what that is, I don't know, because I think it would have been, given the rest of the CGI in the film, I think it would have been a bad idea to do a CGI Goro. But like that animatronic thing was just laughable. Like he was not scary. Also, it always, it has always bugged me ever since 1995. How is Goro this like, big gigantic ridiculous monster with the most perfect teeth his teeth are all straight they are all bright white and it's just like bro you're how what kind of dental work do you get done in outworld dude you look ridiculous you look like you are just an animatronic chiclet thing I maybe mean, he just goes back to earth to get his teeth done and then has yeah apparently yeah. <laughs> i'm at they're like Gora's here again see oh yeah. no that guy oh, that guy that guy yeah tell him i want a break yeah yeah he doesn't care he wants to see <laughs> so though like literally like the two smallest details in the film but like 
those have bugged me for years, years, dude. Uh, so changing editing, whatever, I, I'm actually all right with the whole thing. I don't see any need. No, probably the only thing I would do, if I'm honest, is probably put even more fight scenes in there than we already had. I think I'd like to see more of them fighting as a team. So, oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, there wasn't enough as a team. Yeah. And not knowing that Christopher Lambert was minim had given a minimalist role, I think I'd like to see more of him uh, yeah. actually having fights. I think it would have been cool to have ended it with actually him being the final sort yeah. of boss, so to speak, fighting the bad guy. So um, the film ends with a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. uh, so who is it that shows up? Who what now? Who, who is it the person who shows up at the end of the movie? The Emperor from uh, Outworld, yeah. which how did he get into the realm because they lost the tournament so I never understood how he came to Earth anyway, even though he lost the tournament. Like, you can't take over this dimension you lost. You're already cheating your own <laughs> rules of Mortal Kombat. Well, um, I guess maybe that'll be explored in the sequel, but so it ends with them all um, kind of power engine at the end. You know, you, you expect the morphers to formation. To come out. Yeah, they kind of, you expect the morphers to come out. They're all into their found, uh, uh, formation and they're ready to go. And I thought that was cool. And then, and then yeah, so, um, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything I'd change. I, I thought the end credits, not end credits, the end moment was a pretty cool cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, it's disappointing to know that the second one wasn't as well received. And also, other than about two of them, most of them have been recast. Right. Yeah. That's equal. So, um, uh oh, yeah. moment of truth. Here we go. How do you rate <laughs> what, it, Mark? What, what, what I was going to say, what would you rate it? I no, absolutely five. not. You first. I five. Oh, do you know what? I was thinking about it. Okay, look, I don't think it's a brilliant film. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think it's awful either. I don't think it's massively awful at all. Uh, and I, I was trying to think, like, I don't remember any thoughts or feelings I had from when I first watched it, which I've got to assume was the 90s or early 2000s or something. Um, I, I sort of in my mind, I've been around three mark, if I'm honest. So okay. I don't. That's higher like than that. you rated Street Fighter, so I'll take it. Well, Street Fighter was garbage. Like, this, this, this actually isn't a bad film. Like, I, I don't know. Because I was, I'll tell you what, actually, I'm going to give it 3.5. Like, I'm not, okay. like, I'm not, I don't actually think it was that bad. I think it was an okay, it was a, it, for me, it was a good translation between a game, which is a fighting game, and fighting games don't really have story. Right. But, I mean, exactly. they, tried, they tried to throw a little bit, you know, there'd always be a weird video at the beginning, but then ultimately, it's a yeah. fighting game. And for, and for me, if, you know, we're, adapt, we're reviewing adapted content. They've adapted. A fighting game into a fighting video game. Yes. They've deliberately kept the plot simple. Yes. And for people that are massive fans of the fighting game, they haven't gone there to watch Tom Cruise right. try, try and win the love of Sonya Blade like in the middle of a battlefield. They've gone there to see 8, 10, 12, whatever it is, fight each other to the death and yep. to win a tournament and whilst yes okay they probably all of them wouldn't mind a little bit of humor or character development none of them were none of the people that went to watch this to earn 120 million or whatever were sitting there going you know what i really wish sonia and, and johnny kane should kiss at the end 
Yeah. Uh, like, I really not. wish I knew Sub Zero's backstory. Nobody cares. Uh, no one cares. No offense, but like, no one cares. <laughs> I think they did a, a, good, a really good job in actually bringing a fighting game to life and as a fighting film and putting a very simplistic plot around how do we make all these actors fight each other? Yeah. I know. Earth's in trouble. It's been done loads of times. Great. Yeah. <laughs> And um, we've seen, to be honest, what we've been doing this podcast, how many films have we seen or TV series have we seen where Earth's in trouble with some alien or cosmic something? They're, or not, they're not reinventing the wheel yeah. at all. They're reinventing the wheel, but actually, and that's actually fine. Yes. Like you've got Street Fighter last week, fighting game. We're going to make a whole political drama, war yeah. movie, whatever. And that, yeah, there's going to be some currency that we've made up and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, Somehow we're going to have a bit of street fighting going on, but it's, it's going to be a political action film. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this film, we're going to have you lot all fight over the death. Yeah. Oh. It's a death match. That's, that's what this film is. It's, uh, we're taking you to an island. You can't get out. Uh, you fight or die. Yeah. Any questions? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the graphics are crap, but it was 1995. Yeah. Graphics yeah. were all rubbish. And their budget, their entire budget was mm-hmm. only $20 million. I think they used it to great effect. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Oh yeah, they definitely did. they did really well in terms of the budget. Uh, and the CGI, I would say, is the only thing that really let it down. The CGI was fairly crap. And the, the, the Scorpion fight, where the CGI is just awful. And when he moves out of the way and it goes past, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they said I was going to come bust your head now to turn. <laughs> you know, like they probably didn't even have like a, I don't know. I know nowadays they have like a stick with a tennis ball at the end or yeah. something to like you know, uh, to guide the actors. Where stuff will be, I can imagine they they can bother, right? But <laughs> anyway, I'm assuming I'm gonna make a guess five out of five when you're around. Yeah, absolutely, no question, no hesitation. Five out of five. My opinion of this film has not changed from 1995. So, but I am super excited because I was definitely not expecting three and a half to me is above average. So I'll take that coming from you because I really thought you were gonna give this one a one like you gave the other film. Oh, Street Fighter, I gave it 1.5, I think. No, how um, you gave the first Mortal Kombat a 1. I mean, the, uh, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, reboot yeah. that we watched. Do you know, honestly, watching this, though, I, I, I mean, I can't really remember that one now. It was two years ago. But I really did enjoy this film a lot more than I even expected to. And I thought, I started thinking, stuff. maybe I should rewatch that last film. Now, I, I'm not saying it's going to suddenly... It doesn't have the same charm, though, as this one. I think it it falls into that Street Fighter trap where it tries to add too much plot, and it's like, no one cares. I am not going to Mortal Kombat looking for a story. I'm going to Mortal Kombat because I want to see fatalities. I want to see people, like, get the crap beat out of them. Like, I want to see people fighting. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm, I will rewatch it, I think. Not not, not today. Or longer. It's been a minute. Well, I'm not going to watch it over this weekend, but I might fit it in to uh, my viewing. So um... I am definitely watching Mortal Kombat again when we get off of this recording. <laughs> oh, well, that, that Mark, or well, this film that we're talking about? Or... Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well. Right, okay. So we're going to bring our review to a close. I think Jasmine's fairly shocked. I am shocked. I, I honestly, I am well, very shocked. I was very prepared. We are part of a group chat with the Bad Batch. I was prepared after this. Throw me under a bus, weren't you? Yeah. I, I was going to be like, listen, I got an opening, guys. <laughs> I need a co-host. Anybody, well, any takers. I'm going to change the passwords and lock Mark out. Yeah. It's uh, Fable, can you kick Mark out of the group? All right. 
Yeah, they, they, well, they throw me under the bus every now and anyway. I think they need to just uh, abuse me because I'm English. Like, they, yeah. You should see our group chat. I get crap for being English a lot. So they're like, what food is this? So, yes. Uh, yes, the, the beans on toast conversation. <laughs> the staples of an English man. So um, <laughs> anyway, so our next episode, we're not even going to tell you what we're going to do. It's just going to be episode 150. You can come back next week and find out what on earth is going on. 150 episodes yeah you got to come back and find out for yourself so you can follow geeks and niche everywhere we are on elon musk's x we are on instagram with the other guy and facebook with the other guy and <laughs> uh they want to know everything about you and you can find out everything about us if you follow us on those yes that is that is the trade-off unfortunately <laughs> um and you can also get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please Leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Fatality. Good journey.